Hello, everyone, and I, I'm grateful to have you with us today. I'm glad that you were able to take a break from your uh, Christmas shopping or whatever it is that you're doing this weekend and join us for this podcast. Um, if you have chestnuts roasting on an open fire, all the better. So I'll be right back with today's podcast, which is Traditions of Christmas. Hello, everyone. We're back in the Speaking for Him podcast. My friends Dave and Ivor have decided to be with us again, and I'm very grateful for that. And we're going to look today at traditions of Christmas. Uh, and I, w- I just want to share with you a little bit about um, Dutch or D- Danish Christmas traditions because Gamason is Danish, and that's my last name. So we'll start there. It's I found this. It says, gathering around the table with grandpa and grandma and mom and dad to decorate the home, uh, the, the kager, which I guess is Danish for gingerbread cookies, is a tradition the youngest children especially enjoy. The dough was made several weeks earlier and stored in the refrigerator so that its flavor would meld properly. Danish butter cookies and... Pepper nuts are also favorites. A day also is set apart. This is called cut and paste day. Everyone, including the teenagers, sit down together and spend the day making and decorating homemade Christmas ornaments. I don't know if that would fly in today's uh, American culture, uh, Adam, but that's what they do in Denmark. (laughs) They design on their phones nowadays, right? And they send us an app. Yeah, maybe there's always an app for that. Right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and Adam, you have some Dutch traditions for us. I do, yeah. Even here in the uh, West Michigan area where I come from, Holland, uh, Dutch is a big area. And here are some of those Dutch Christmas traditions. On December 5th, St. Nicholas Eve, as they call it, is when the presents are exchanged. So they, they don't even uh, wait till Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. They actually start opening the presents and at least exchange them on December 5th, which is called St. Nicholas Eve. The presents are called surprises because they are disguised as much as possible to make the final discovery more delightful. A small gift may be wrapped inside a huge box, so kind of one of those cartoon things, big box out of another box out of another box, I guess, kind of the traditions they do there. Uh, In that that, uh, small gift wrapped in the huge box or could be hidden inside a vegetable or uh, sunk in a uh, uh, little pool of, of pudding. Some pretty crazy stuff yeah, there. that is. You know, my house is just on the table for eating, but they wrap it. But that's just, you know, that's Christmas traditions for uh, one of the Christmas traditions for the Dutch. Also, a large gift may lurk in the cellar with clues to its location. So kind of like a little scavenger hunt. That sounds like fun. And uh, all surprises must be accompanied by a bit of a verse. And then on Christmas itself, there are no presents. So all the present stuff is done before Christmas Day. There are church services, both both uh, Christmas Eve and morning and a big dinner in the evening. So it sounds like they're focusing more on you know what Christmas is all about than just the the gifts around that time of year. Also, the Christmas tree is the center of the home de- uh, celebration, which consists of carols and storytelling in the afternoon. And then for the Dutch, just December twenty sixth is also a holiday called Second Christmas Day, and it is a time to relax and maybe go out to eat something along those lines. And the people of, uh, I believe, Twent is the name of it, Twent or Twenty, 
is East Holland, in East Holland, holds a special Advent ceremony in which special horns are blown to chase away evil spirits and to announce the birth of Christ. So interestingly enough, that's actually done on the 26th to announce the birth of Christ instead of the 25th. Yeah, the Hobbits had second breakfast. The Dutch had second Christmas. Second Christmas. I think I want to be Dutch now. Uh, Also, horns are homemade out of one-year-old saplings, and there are three or four feet long, and they're blown over wells that have a kind of a deep tone similar to a foghorn. So that is some of the traditions you run into if you happen to be over in the Dutch country around Christmas time. All right, so now we've dealt with Danish uh, traditions because that's my heritage, and we've dealt with Dutch, which I didn't even necessarily contemplate when I put this podcast together that it what had to do with the locals here in Holland, but it works out nice. And now I'd like to ask you, Adam, before we go away from yes. you for a while, mm-hmm. and that is, do you are there any specific Christmas traditions in the McNutt household, things that you do only at Christmas that you look forward to? There is, and, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, because I just, I, I, I love food. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to, we have a big meal on Christmas Eve. That's usually our big, big dinner, and then we still have a nicer, smaller dinner on Christmas Day after church and a Christmas breakfast and open gifts and such. I know one thing uh, a couple of my family members have now passed on, but for many years while I was a kid and teenager, we would do this, uh, this card game where you would have uh, three to six cards, and then there'd be a second deck with the same cards. Somebody would call one, like, let's say, three of diamonds, and if somebody had that, they were able to go up and, and pick a a gift that was wrapped out of the gift box in the middle, and you'd open that, and, you know, because this is real Christmassy, you could even steal from somebody else <laughs> if you wanted to. But it was all in good spirits and all in good fun. Uh, in fact, one year my dad got a Looney Tunes toilet seat out of that, so that was a lot of fun. But, you know, it was just one of those memories where you were together with family and, and just having a, a wonderful, joyous time with each other. And, and that's a game that I'll always remember, no matter how old I get at Christmas Eve, we would always play that. So it could be making a resurgence when the Adam McNutt household comes into it comes into being. It very well could be. I don't think I'm going to buy any toilet uh, lid shaped <laughs> gifts at all to wrap, but uh, you know, it could one day. Who knows? All right. Well, Dave, do you have any to share with us? Well, I like Adam likes like food, so it's going to sit around. <laughs> good food. man. Yeah. Good man. Yeah, yeah. This will actually include Ivor, so my wife's going to really be pleased that I share the story. But one of the traditions <laughs> we always do is fondue, cheese fondue. My kids love it. We bring the fondue pot out and they'll cut the little cubes of bread and make the cheese fondue. And for about 14 years in a row, it has been creamy, beautiful cheese fondue. We invited the Thomases last year over for a cheese fondue. And just before we got to serve it, the cheese got all clumpy and turned into one large clump of cheese. <laughs> and it was a flop. So, oh. so we've ruined the Christmas tradition. And we're going to try this year. To no, re- comment. no comment. <laughs> we're going to try to restart the Christmas tradition of fondue uh, in 2012. All right. All right. How about you, Ivor? Well, I can't really think of any, but earlier the idea of the surprise in the cellar sort of makes me think of my cousin who would always hide down there and jump out and scare me when I went down there. So, <laughs> not an enjoyable memory. Yeah, yeah. Christmas, interesting but. one. <clears throat> All right. Well, so traditions have their place in Christmas. I think it's important to to say that, and obviously they can overshadow what the right thing is. Jesus had this to say to the Pharisees who had that problem. He says, and ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father and mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered. And many such like 
many such like things do ye. And what he's addressing in the context is these Pharisees were saying, I gave gifts to God so I don't have to take care of my parents and my familial responsibilities. And so when we talk about embracing traditions, we're not talking about going against the word of God. I want to make that very clear. If a tradition that you have goes against the word of God, it needs to be thrown out uh, because we're to follow Christ and walk in him, not to follow after the traditions of men as our primary source. But if they come from a heart of love for God, traditions uh, can be a great thing to liven up your Christmas celebration. And for today's hymn story, for another favorite Christmas carol of mine, we have O Little Town of Bethlehem. This was a Civil War era uh, uh, hymn. It was penned in eight. Uh, it was penned as a result of an 1865 trip that Philip Brooks took to the Holy Land. On December 24th, he made his way on horseback from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, where he attended a five-hour Christmas musical praise celebration at the Church of the Nativity, just a short distance from the hillside, where the shepherds heard the first Christmas song. At Christmas time, three years later, recalling the magical night in Bethlehem, Philip wrote a song for the children's choir of his church. His organist put a melody to the words, and on Christmas Eve 1868, a little town of Bethlehem was saying for the first time. And we once again have the privilege of having Ivor Thomas sing for us on O Little Town of Bethlehem. town of Bethlehem how still we see thee light above thy deep and dreamlessly silent stars go by yet in the dark street shineth the everlasting light the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Thank you, Ivor. I really appreciate you coming to play these songs for us, and I hope that people are listening to the words and contemplating what they mean, and I hope that you are finding hope in what happened in that little town of Bethlehem. But that hope can only be found if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the perfect example of God's love toward mankind. He came from the heavens above, stepped down into human form, and you, you could, he could have been fully justified in some ways to coming as a fully grown adult, and starting to boss everybody around. But he didn't. He came as a baby. He was born. Think about that. The Son of God existent before time, apart from time. Not only came into time, but he was born of a woman so that he could redeem us who were under the law and give us salvation 
through his son, Jesus Christ. But it has to be a personal decision to follow him. And I hope that if you, that you will make that decision today if you have not already. Because only then will you understand the significance of what happened in that little town of Bethlehem. Call on him today. He loves you. He cares about you. And he wants to make your life worth living. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that as you continue your Christmas celebrations, that you will not forget the true meaning of Christmas, Christ Jesus. Keep serving the best of masters and have a wonderful weekend.